Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Joshua. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast. I almost said Glee Project. Wow. Uh, welcome to the Gleeful <laughs> the, Podcast. The Gleeful Project. <laughs> welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online at gmail.com. Uh, wow, I'm all over the place. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer, save me. I'll try. Uh, what a, how, how are you today? <clears throat> I'm fine. I am fine. Got tons going on. Very we, busy. We are f- leaving in 24 hours for the East Coast for 10 days. Yes, we got a so, question in the chat so room much. where we are going. Uh, if you're joining us in the chat room, Welcome. You can join us uh, usually Wednesday, usually every other Wednesday around 7.30. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Gleeful Podcast, and we will always share where we, or when we're recording. We're well, welcome as soon as everybody. Now. <clears throat> as soon Which as sometimes we isn't yes. until five minutes before. By the way, we're recording right now, guys. Bye. <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes it is that. that and yet we yeah. still get a bunch of people, so welcome everybody. Yeah. Uh, all, all the usuals They're are in dedicated. tonight. Uh, awesome. So it's awesome to have everybody here. There was a question What's in the podcast. Where, where are you going to East Coast? That was the question in the chat room. Where are we going in the East Coast? We are going to be in New Hampshire most of the time. Mm-hmm. And between... Florida, some of the time to visit me. I don't. I don't know how you're going to pull that off, but I'm. I'm interested <laughs> to hear more. Yeah, we're just going to start driving as soon as we land. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be in Maine for a couple of days. We are going to Whoa, be in Maine, crazy. and we're going to be in Rhode Island for a couple of days. Yeah. We're kind of all over the place this time. I have, I have lots of Rhode Island friends. Oh, from, from that I met around here. Um, mm-hmm. They all tell they all tell me the same story that Rhode Island's very corrupt. Just so you know, <laughs> just, oh, they all they've all told me it independently of each other. Yeah, uh, and they, don't, they don't even know each other. I was like. And they're like, you know, Rhode Island's really corrupt. I'm like, really? Okay, I do now. Yeah, I just even- like to picture that people lead with that. Where yeah. They're like, how's Indiana? It's gorgeous. It's really comfortable. How's Rhode Island? It's corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even I know, like, the name of the mayor and, you know, like, all the, the people that you're supposed to watch out for. But um, yeah, my ex-boyfriend <laughs> lived down there, so I spent a lot of time down that way. You know, some great Italian restaurants. Mm. Can't be, I know, yeah, can't they, the that, was, that was their two, that was the that two was facts, the second thing, yeah. great Italian food, mm-hmm. and it's corrupt. Yes, <laughs> and they, they, they pretty much are, uh, they go hand in hand. <laughs> You're bound to see one with the other, so. Uh, yeah, but we're going to a wedding, we're going to go, it's at the, the Aldridge Mansion in Warwick, so it's supposed to be very pretty. Uh, well, there you go. Joey's baby would like us to clarify. We're in New Hampshire. Uh, Salem and Brook. 
Center, ba- Center Barnstead. Barnstead. Center Barnstead is. Um, we're right next to you, Joey's baby. We're like we're like two cities over. Uh, we go to the same mall. In uh, oh here. <laughs> what? Sherman Oaks. Um. Oh, no, no. In in, in New Hampshire. In Salem. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Um. But yeah, so yeah, we'll be up in on Half Moon Lake. Yes. In Center Barnstead. So, and Ed, how are things in uh, in Florida? Florida? And while you tell us, I will listen and go get. I will not listen and go get the uh, power cord for my computer. Tell Jennifer, how's Florida? How's Epcot? Uh, Florida is. Oh, I love Epcot. I worked at Animal Kingdom the other day for the first time, oh, and okay. that place is crazy. Yeah. Like, 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 I take two buses, and then I had to take a bicycle. Like, it's like literally wild. Literally wild. Wow. I worked I worked at Tusker. I worked at Tusker House as a cedar. I was like, Jumbo Adventures. I'm Ed and I'll be your guide today. Tusker was, House. I feel like awesome. I was there. Oh, and I read that I read online that you had read um Escape Everest. Isn't that amazing? Oh yeah, I, I read it like four times one that one day because the park had like less than four thousand people in it. I was like, uh Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's gonna keep I, th- I, was in, I was shooting for 10, but after the fourth one, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm <laughs> yeah. Done. We wrote that, and I was like, wow, I can't remember the last time I actually got a little nervous on a roller coaster. Because when it goes up into the, when it goes up to that point where then the track is broken, and then you start going backwards, I was like, ah. Which See, that, that is the part that gets me. There's a, there's a, as you're going down the dark tunnel, it looks like there's a broken track as you're going down. Yeah. And it, like, and it, like, it sort of swerves up, so you're like, oh, my God. I don't, I don't know why. I've, Such I've been a on, metaphor like, for I, life. I know, right? It looks like the rugged <laughs> track, but you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. And then um, in other news, uh, this Friday, I have a meeting with the chemistry department at Disney. So Disney has a chemistry department? Yes, it does. I don't know why people are always blown away by that, including Disney people. I'm like... <laughs> Like I keep telling people, like, oh, I'm gonna, I have a meeting with the chemistry department on Friday. Like, hold on, Disney has, yes, yes, they do. <laughs> so, so hopefully, I mean, obviously, it's, a meeting is a meeting. It doesn't guarantee anything. I mean, Josh wow. knows that better than anyone. <laughs> Don't I ever? <laughs> right. Oh, and, that's sad. So, but, but I, <laughs> for both I'm of ho- you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping it could lead to, to exciting things. I'm hoping. I mean, but I'm. I, I'm not putting my eggs in baskets and whatever you're not supposed to do like that. <laughs> and and then in other news, in other like other <laughs> personal news, you could. I, I started this new musical project, which I tweeted about a couple times, called Telegrams from the Seafloor, and you could download the music for free. And hopefully, you, Josh and Jen checked it out, but they might not. have. I did. It's much more ambient than I ever would have expected from you. And I I overheard a little bit, and it was nice. I'm sorry. I haven't oh, had so. a minute to breathe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, I'm I'm yeah. trying to um, learn more about music because I, I I know some things, but the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to try and try and do this for a little bit, just 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 to just to learn, just to learn. Cool. Very cool. And you can find that it's it's uh, well, just search for Telegrams on the seafloor. That's how I found it. Is, uh, isn't that isn't that a sweet name? Is I <laughs> well, I'm just glad to see you putting stuff out in the universe, man. That's that's been my that's been my uh, my request for ages. So true, true story. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's so, let's talk a little about this. We got some well, Glee. We got some Glee project. No Josh update. I'm trying to 
make a movie and trying okay. to sell screenplay. I'm, I might write a pilot. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what, did I have? Did you have something specific for me? No, but we always talk about John, uh, Ed and I, and just giving you. My stuff is always so 30 early. Seconds. Like like my stuff is always at that stage where you don't want to tell anybody mm-hmm. because it's probably not going to happen. But there's always yeah. a, you know me. Josh I've always got meetings a thousand things and nothing on. comes of them. Exactly. I always have meetings. I had a very cool meeting this week. That's all I'll tell you. <laughs> a very um, cool meeting. Did, this week. Now now the real question is: <laughs> yes. Have you purchased bread from that place? I have not yet found the place that sells bread. That is correct. I have not you, yet found the place. I don't, I don't know. Still what, smell I, like it? Is it? Do I need to go there to, to find it for you? Because I will. I I will. I will. Well, uh, I, I promise at some point. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I promise at some point I will actually find where the bread comes from. I actually have not smelled the bread in a little while, though. So it might just a, be the bread. Is, is, is the equestrian district corrupt, too? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Oh sure. no, no! <laughs> and, like, and then all of a sudden, there's like all these like five Italian restaurants pop up. It's like... <laughs> they sell horse meat. Okay. Yeah. Oh god. Venison. Yeah. Oh lord. Uh, let's start. <laughs> we got some Glee project, and then I promise the listeners we would discuss the Clissus controversy today so we will definitely get into that for a little bit but first let's talk about some short stuff first of all we have a little news story about uh i was trying to find a i was trying to find a sam larson song this is the closest i could get so uh <laughs> we have a little news story about a guy who's gonna sing one of the verses in this song Yes, we play that because Samuel Larson uh, does do a little singing on that track. Samuel Larson just booked a new acting gig. He has a role in Claire's Cambodia, according to Deadline.com, which should be taken worth a grain of salt. But in this case, it's been confirmed. In other places, uh, the sibling comedy drama, this is from Deadline.com, produced by The Hunger Games screenwriter Billy Ray and directed by Stacey Sherman, stars the recently signed Shen Woodward. Awesome. Um, and Sarah Paulson. Wow. Who is uh, in, uh, also. Awesome. So, Samuel Larson is acting? He's acting. Uh, the IMDb describes the story as three estranged sisters deal with the death of their father. And the uh, it's kind of interesting, and that's exactly the reaction. That's why I wanted to bring it up. That's exactly the reaction I had is of everybody on that show. I have a hard time seeing Samuel Larson as the one that's getting acting work. Yeah. And I'm surprised by some of the people that aren't. Like, I'm surprised that Corey Monteith isn't getting more acting work. I'm surprised that well, he was Leah Michelle that... is not getting more acting work. Well, he was in well, that Leah Michelle was in movie. New Year's Eve, right? Or whatever. What's that? She was in New Year's Eve. She was in New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but compared to Diana, Diana Agron, who's Oh, yeah, Diana Agron movies. is, like, everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, Jennifer... Um, yes. Is there anybody in the show that you are surprised is not acting more that you would like to see doing more acting outside of Glee? Uh, 
for me, the obvious answer is I feel like Artie is like is like untapped resources on Glee. Okay. And and he could tell like like him without his without the glasses, he's a completely different person. So I mean, so I, if if there's any person that I really was like, why why don't I see them doing other stuff? Him. It's yeah. Kevin McHale. Interesting. Yeah. And he has the versatility of being able to stand too. <laughs> he does have the versatility, well, no, and he's good with the wheelchair. Well, that's what Joel, I'm saying. He tells it. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Awesome. Uh, I'm act- I'm surprised that a lot of them are not working more. I'm surprised that Naya Rivera isn't working a lot more as an actress. Well, she's, she's she's working she's working on her major pop label debut right now. Ah. Yeah, but that takes months, and a movie takes like two weeks <laughs> to when you're an actor. Um, I, I and. But yeah, Leah Michelle. I mean, she did do uh, she did do New Year's Eve, but that's kind of it as far as her acting output. Yeah. Matthew Morrison was in What to Expect When You're Expecting. Uh, I only know because I saw him in a trailer because I didn't see that movie. But neither did I, I think. I think the issue. I mean, I, don't, I, I obviously I know nothing about the industry, but I feel like oh. the issue is that these people are like pigeonholed into positions, and like they have to be like for some reason there's this like air where they were people hiring them they have to be like in a musical comedy situation otherwise yeah. they don't want them despite mm-hmm. the fact that they could probably excel in other areas of their life well mm-hmm. i think that cory monteith could excel even more in a movie that does not have singing and dancing in it <laughs> uh but and i think he's he's you know anonymous enough of a guy that it could do very well um he I, was in I a know, movie yeah, he, he was, was in that canadian got, film you know what's funny oh, he carlo. was in the monte carlo movie yeah. that's right but was it didn't didn't uh didn't technically Corey Monteith have more film work pre-Glee than post-Glee. Like, technically. Like, yeah, they were sci-fi. Yes, they were Canadian productions. <laughs> yeah, technically. They still count. They still he, count. He was in one shot, not a scene. He was in one shot of White Noise, too. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely... I mean, him and Liam Michelle kind of had all the fame before uh, before the show. Of, of the kids, you know. Um, but yeah, it's... It, I, I'm curious about how these things work. I think you're right, Ed. I think a lot of people are getting pigeonholed into the musical theater aspect of their uh Which, of their which is silly, because there's, so there's so many more aspects to everyone, especially these kids. Well, I don't know about that, yeah. but I know, I know it to be true. And uh, Chris Colfer is, well, he's written one, so he's got Struck by Lightning that he wrote, and then the other one that he didn't write. So he d- does have two movies coming out. I know Darren, Darren Chris has been attached and reattached to a dozen things, but I don't know if any of them are coming out. So, yeah, it's curious to see. He, he never trusted Darren Chris rumor. <laughs> They're like 20% true and 80% pheromones yeah. or something. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Corey Monteith was in a lot of TV. Yes, he was. I remember that. Well, he he's older. Oh, he was on he was in Kyle X Y. <laughs> he was. I remember that. I, I haven't seen it, that. but I remember seeing that on his uh, on his page. Yeah, that is, is the thing is I've never seen any of these shows. And he's got the band. He he's does have the band. band that, that I don't know how active he is, but he plays drums occasionally. Yeah. Uh, in other Glee news, Becky on Glee is making a run at getting an Emmy, uh, hoping to get a nomination for the uh, best supporting actress, or best uh, guest star actress. Uh, this is from InsideTV.EW.com. It's not often that a recurring actor has generated enough buzz to warrant an Emmy nod, but Glee's Lauren Potter may just be the exception. The 22-year-old actress who plays Sue Sylvester's sidekick, Becky, enjoyed not one but two big storylines this season. Mm. 
and uh, they're trying to make a push to get her to get her nominated. Cool. Yeah, and that would be uh, that that would be fun to see. I think last year the best um, the the guest star Emmy there were like three Glee nominees in a five person category. Did any of them win? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't think. I think we would have remembered as well. Yeah. But it's so funny. Like, I never would have thought of her as a guest. She seems to have a, a recurring enough role. Yeah. That I, I would have thought that she was it, a regular. Much like, much like Disney politics, it's all, it's all, it's all in the paperwork, even oh, though yeah. it doesn't, even though the function doesn't really change. Yeah. And how much you see them doesn't change, but it's all in the paperwork. And, it all, <laughs> and it's also what, uh, what category you've got the best shot yeah. at getting the award. Yeah. They tend to, they tend to do that. Well, I mean, yeah, so uh, Dot Marie Jones, she's actually only been in four fewer episodes than, than Becky, uh, and I could totally see her getting nominated for that yeah. category as well. Well, uh, let's let's Should talk a little good. bit about um, let's talk a little bit about the Glee project. This week, the theme was sexuality. Last week, the theme was individuality. Vulnerability. Vulnerability? No. Yes. Was that last week? I don't remember. Let's talk about sexuality. Yes, I believe so. (laughs) Now then, I'd like you to each write an essay on what sex means to you. Get cracking. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to I know you want it. project uh and last week the big shake-up was that no one went home <gasps> shake up gasp and this week uh we did say goodbye spoiler alert to tyler this week in the episode it was sexuality week or as i like to call it um squirm and giggle awkwardly and uncomfortably on the couch <laughs> week because these kids are really young uh, but it, it was a fun, you know, it, it was entertaining for what it is. It's an interesting group this year. Jennifer, how did you feel about Sexuality Week? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, they seemed to get through the show without any major drama between any of them. I mean, although the whole thing with Charlie and, you know, his feelings for... Eileen. Eileen. Eileen's. Um, yeah. Other than that, it was all, it was pretty, pretty straightforward. It was. It was. Um, and, like, and it was like nobody that totally crashed and burned. I felt like they were trying to almost drum up drama where there wasn't any. Mm. Uh, Charlie definitely brought the drama. Um, Charlie seems to be doing that lately. Yeah, he's just overconfident. He's he's just that guy. Yeah. Um, I think he also, you know, I think he kind of struggles with um, 
some of the social situations a little bit, like not quite knowing where the line is and being mm. so focused and enthusiastic that he doesn't really take the time to notice where the line is. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, definitely, those are definitely people that uh, exist in that industry, but they do tend to get knocked down. They either learn their lesson or they get ostracized because they're just hard to work with. And we'll see where Charlie ends up. But, uh, yeah, it, it's... Other than that, there didn't really seem to be all that much drama this week. <laughs> Tyler continued no. to be continued to struggle in his own skin. Yeah, and it, and it is sad because he's this really sweet kid, and you know he he's juggling a lot right now, and he has a decent voice. It's just you know like yeah, when they came down when it came down to hit, came down to eliminating, they uh, there was just nothing stand out mm. about him. And, and I just noticed something. I pulled this show up on Wikipedia, and I had made the comment that uh, Sexuality Week makes me uncomfortable because everybody's so young. And now that I'm actually looking at their ages, most, like, the gross majority of them are over 21. That is the youngest group of 20, youngest looking group of 21-year-olds yeah. in the world. That is hilarious. I never would have guessed how many of these kids are over 21. Yeah, like, I didn't know, I didn't know Shauna was 21. I thought for sure yeah. she was, I thought like she was 18. It's like, Allie's 24. Abraham's 24. That's crazy talk. Um, yeah, so it continues to be entertaining. And uh, I don't have any complaints. Ed, uh, this week the mashup was Moves Like Jagger and Milkshake. Uh, what did you think of the mashup this week? You know, Elise is one of the most underappreciated uh, divas of our time, in my opinion, because <laughs> because especially in America, America treats her like she's like she's always like a like like they always forget that she has a history of hits, and then they're like, oh yeah, I like the song, like bossy, oh bossy, and the whole flesh tone album. Anyways, that being said, I I enjoyed the mashup. I thought it was, I mean, I mean, I thought it was trying a little hard, but but I mean, it's Glee Project. Isn't Glee Project in itself trying a little hard? So. <laughs> It does have that aspect. And, and I think one of the kind of funny things that um, uh, that San, Santana, whoa, that Naya Rivera had said when she was talking to the kids about sexuality um, is she was like, the key is not to try too hard. And that's really true. The, the girls that are really putting it on, mm-hmm. you're just like, you're just putting on a show. And yet I found that the, the most captivating to watch and the one that really kind of like explode or explode that really kind of took the shine in that video was Nelly mm-hmm. the one who you know was like I'm really uncomfortable and then turned that uncomfortableness into really attractive and managed to be like okay uncomfortable is really one step away from coy and coy to an insecure nerd like myself is wildly attractive. And so I was like, there you go. Like that was, you know, you totally figured it out. Whereas the other ones that are more like playing it and, and, you know, pushing it, it it ends up being a little silly. I think that's why Tyler struggled is Tyler was just kind of like, uh, I'll be, um, strong, attractive in this scene. And then I'll be kind of, you know, like, like insecure, sexy in this one. And he just couldn't quite dial in, you know, who he was, which I think is the challenge with that guy. I think in five years, he could be one of the coolest people on television, but right now, you know, he, he's just not a hundred percent sure who he is yet. Um, we don't, I can't remember anything about last week but we didn't do a podcast last week. So I will turn last week's discussion over to our favorite call-in. Here's Sarah. Hey, it's Sarah. And I've tolerated the Glee Project for two seasons now. 
And Caitlin, and I've avoided the Glee Project for as long as possible, but Sarah made me watch this week so we could call in. I actually liked it, but I feel as Josh says, this episode was a lot of the characters trying to outdo one another with their tales of bullying, like last year. Some felt really genuine, and others felt forced. I don't know if this is right, but I liked Mr. Shoe's version of Six View better than Charlie's, and that says something. But the video for Everybody Hurts was good. I will say that I am officially Team Blake. I think Glee needs an actual dork. Someone who can quote Harry Potter spells, knows what a TARDIS is, dresses like a superhero. I didn't particularly like any of them, so I guess I'm not anybody's team right now. So I guess we can't talk about elimination. Not for the first time, right, Ryan Murphy? So we have an Epcot question for Ed. I know the Agent P World Showcase had its semi-official opening this week. Had a chance to do it yet? How is it? Is it as awesome as the Kim Possible one? Anyway, I really hope you guys do a podcast this week. Otherwise, I watch this episode for nothing. And you'll do it again <laughs> next week. By the way, I hope Abraham gets to meet Chris Colfer. That seems to be all he truly wants. Bye. <laughs> That's true. And Abraham dyed his hair this week, which originally I was like, why would you do that midway through a show? Why would the producers even let you do that? Yeah. But... It was true, like, he became much more, like, less showy, more just kind of confident and strong in that, doing the, that. The worst part was, in the he's like, well, I've never, you know, and um, Tyler was saying, I've never dyed anybody's hair before. Is it Tyler? Anyhow, and it was like, what color was his hair? I <laughs> totally did not remember. But now it really just, it... it it makes him stand out. It makes him stand out more than the the, the red did. And Ed, uh, Epcot question: Have you been to what was it? Age of Age of Peace World Showcase Adventure? No, I have not done it yet. But I intend on doing it maybe Friday. And I've heard from from people from testimonials that it's better than the Kim Possible one. Awesome. So, so that's that's. Oh my god, Epcot! Uh, I love that place. It's it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. As I say, I like I live. I live at Epcot, but I sleep at my apartment. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I tell people. Uh, we, have a, we have a couple more Glee Project uh, voicemails. Here's listener Lauren. Hi, Justin and Ed. I'm Lauren, first-time caller, long-time listener from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, I'm here to discuss the latest episode of the Glee Project, Sexuality. Okay, the only thing I have to say about the whole episode is Michael's last chance performance just plain sucked. I can't get over how much he just messed up that song. Yeah. And I guess it's like Ryan said, the majority of the competition is not choking. And they still let him say. And so that show, just seriously, I want to kill all of them. And <laughs> Abraham, way emotional after Tyler got eliminated. Uh, that's all I have to say. And um, to me, great work, guys. I love your podcast. Uh, bye. Yeah, I think Michael just didn't have as far to grow as... Yeah. Tyler would to become a really active, strong member of the show. And it's like he got compliments on his acting last week. And I'm just kind of surprised that they were okay. Like everybody has a, a week where they stumble. I just didn't, I didn't, I, I feel, I feel bad. I mean, if he had been eliminated, I would have been really shocked after just one week of mm-hmm. just, you know, not performing well when he has been complimented on, uh, you know, every other aspect of his performances. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, no, 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 no. And, right. and, and then it's like, I'm kind of like, I, I shouldn't be, but I'm sort of like getting annoyed with Charlie. And I'm like, well, yeah, y- you should go next. Like, a, if, if they had sent home Michael over Charlie, I would have been upset. The problem with Charlie, 
Um, the trouble with Charlie, if you're a big Jonathan Demi fan, um, nice. is that uh, he's he's a pain in the neck to work with. But when he gets the microphone and it's just him on the stage, he's freaking great. And that's always going to be the challenge. You know, that is that is going to be Charlie's challenge for the rest of his life mm. is when he's by himself and it's just him and a microphone and the band is letting him do his thing. He's going to shine and be amazing and no one's ever going to get tired of watching that. As soon as he has to work with other people, it's going to become a nightmare unless he can figure out how to turn that in. And, you know, if, if you work in creative fields long enough, you're surrounded by these people that audition great. And, you know, they always get the job and then it always turns to crap. Yeah. It's just there is a certain stripe of personality that can't quite can't quite dial it in. Ed, yeah. are you um, closing the window? <laughs> no. Sneezing. Are you sneezing? I, I was just moving. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, here it's sound like a sneeze. <laughs> here's listener uh, Sarah without Caitlin to discuss this week's Glee project. Hey, Justin, and it's Sarah who doesn't have a voice. Unfortunately, without Caitlin. She's out working at her first job, not that I'm sure she minds missing having to watch this episode with me. (laughs) This show is quite honestly my guilty pleasure right now. I'm still firm with Team Blake, but I have to give Tyler his props for leaving with grace and dignity. I was really proud of how well he handled it. Abraham actually seemed more crushed than he did, so I hope next week he gets his dream of me and Chris Coulter to make up for it. Charlie is really grating on my nerves. I honestly wish he went home already, and woo, go Nelly! She robbed the competition this week blind. Michael forgetting the lyrics was no big for me, though. Darren Chris does it to the songs he writes himself, and his flaws anyway. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Cold Lake keeps me night. Instead, I have to wait seven days to hear Zach's laugh again, and I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Mm-hmm. Have a great week, and maybe if I'm lucky, I can bribe Caitlin into joining me next week. Maybe. Bye. Oh my god, I don't know where sir I I don't know where you live, but I want to drive to you and make you chamomile tea right now. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> yeah, that sounded kind of painful. It's like you can hear the spirit just like trying mm. to break out. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, uh I completely agree with her on all counts. Totally. Now now uh, we're we're four people eliminated. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Jennifer, who 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 have you got? Who's your horse to the finish at this point? I I don't know. I mean, I've always thought Nellie was really cute, and yeah, she really did break out this week. I thought I thought she was great, and she has a unique voice, a unique enough voice that I think um, she could find her own identity in the show. Um, let's just say I'm gonna say her for for girl and Abraham for boy. Hmm. Hold on, well, who who's your girl? Nellie. Nellie. Okay. I will oh, also. I will Nelly. continue to be Team Nelly. I love her voice. I love her personality. Um, I think she's adorable. The problem is, I think that Nelly would be horrible, a horrible actress on Glee. Like, there's just something about listening to her talk and doing her thing where I'm like, you would just not be good on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and as far as the entire run, the only person I really think would really step onto that show and look like they belong there and and looks like they can act and everything like that is really Blake. 
So I will mm. continue to say I think Blake will win, but I really like mm. Nelly and she continues to surprise me and I just think she's fun to watch. As far as the Glee project goes, I'm all about Nelly. As far as Glee goes, I'm all about Blake. Ed, do you have any I'm, opinions? I'm still committing to my blind choice that I made last last episode of Lily. Lily to the end. Mm-hmm. All right. Lily to the end. Lily to the end. Lily May. gotten lots of emails about this uh when i went to the glee project presentation a couple weeks ago they took questions from the audience you had to write them on cards questions for ryan murphy and i wrote on that card um why don't why doesn't claim kiss as many as much as the other couples on screen i don't actually want i i that was not my question but i knew the listeners would like die if I actually got that question asked. You had to put them on a card and then put them in a box and then they went through the cards and they found the ones did, that they thought they did, wanted did, to ask. Did, did he say that he was only going to answer one question but answer like seven? No, he ended up it, it ended up running, the Q&A ran so long that they only had time for two questions from the cards and they were the most boring questions ever it was like sam how have you changed since the glee project or oh, something so oh dumb it was, it was like we have discussed that the entire q a um so i know this is a big thing i don't really know how to describe it so i'm going to read this email we got uh from listener who is this listener this is listener jade listener jade uh sent this email and uh, so she wanted, uh, uh, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I said she, I don't know if Jade is a boy or a girl, but this is what listener Jade said. The issue behind this is that uh, people that ship Klain are, believe that uh, um, Klain does not get as much on-screen PDA as many as other couples. I've actually seen people who count them and keep a graph of the different couples and how many acts of PDA and different types of PDA they actually display on screen. This all is kind of coalescing around the box scene. The box scene was a scene from the Christmas episode where Blaine gave Kurt a box, a ring, and the scene was cut from the show. Um, uh, Listener Jade says, the first is the box scene project. This is one of the the movements. The box scene project. Recently, Clean fans raised over $4,200 for charity to win a copy of the Extraordinary Mary christmas script for the purpose of obtaining the claim gift exchange that was cut from the final episode after winning the scene which is so adorable it hurts it says in front they continued to raise money 
To thank the charity, totaling over $14,000, the project made a video explaining some of the debate around Klain, their motivations in pursuing the box scene, and then showing the script of the scene itself. Uh, the project has received recognition from Ali Adler and others on Twitter, and Chris Colfer and Darren Chris are also both aware of it. While previously the cut scene was to be included as a DVD extra, they're saying this is no longer the case. Uh, and then the second group is called the Glee Equality Project. They put out a series of YouTube videos. Um, and essentially, it's the main focus of their uh, first uh, thrust is Kisses in Season 3. And the it issue just saying there are fewer clean kisses than uh, the other groups, um, a- including when compared to other same-sex couples. So Oh, yeah. Uh, so this is the issue with Clayton. I, I don't really know how I feel about it. We talked a little bit about it on the show, but I thought I want to throw it to the listeners, the people that are really passionate about the Cliss controversy, and we'll see what they say. We got some voicemails, and so we'll just go ahead and kick that off right now. Here are some listeners talking about the Clayton Clisses controversy. Uh, if they play, play. There we go. Hey guys, Clean Fan1025 here. Just wanted to weigh in on my favorite fictional couple. As a huge cleaner, I'm a bit disappointed by the lack of clean kisses and physical contact, but not completely upset by it. It's clear that Clean is treated differently than other couples on the show because they're fan favorites. They get more screen time that they don't really need, but they don't give us what we want when we see them. Up until rather recently, every time we saw Mike and Tina, they were making out. It's like they were super glued by the lips. And although the first time the sex episode was done very beautifully, the clean sex scene was lame. <laughs> I mean, season one, like a virgin, was downright raunchy. But here we get a fully clothed clean and Leah Michelle in a sheet. I don't care about that. I want to see Chris Colfer in a sheet. Like, what's he hiding under all those layers? <laughs> As an obsessed fangirl, sometimes I can appreciate the lack of physical intimacy because I don't ever want clean kisses to become so commonplace that I don't wheel every time they kiss but then on the other hand isn't that the goal for two boys or two girls to kiss without it having to elicit any kind of emotion because it's so commonplace anyway Glee, Fox, Ryan Murphy all of the above I don't know they definitely jip us on the plain physicalness of their relationship but I guess that's what fanfic is for I guess it could be worse they could get as much play as Britanna they were totally more intimate and physical before they started dating. Anyway, can't wait to hear the podcast. Thanks. Bye. And that is epic listener Clainfan1025 who is in the chat room almost every week. So thank you very much for joining us there. Uh, another message about clean Clisses? <laughs> hey, Josh and Ed. It's Beth from Pennsylvania. Okay, where to begin with the clean Clisses controversy? Now, I've known for a while that this was an issue within the fandom, but it didn't really sink in for me until the finale because up to that point I kept thinking with each episode after the first time that things might be different and they might show Kurt and Blaine getting a special moment to discuss their relationship or maybe even show some affection with one another. But every episode after the first time just left us hanging in that regard. No private moment where Kurt tells Blaine that Karofsky hit on him. No sweet celebration between the two of them after Kurt's amazing Miata audition. Nothing. I feel like I could go on and on about what seemed like a lot of missed opportunities for a couple that was so vital to season two and the beginning of season three. As a cleaner, maybe I'm a bit biased because I would enjoy watching Darren Chris and Chris Colfer kiss each other every week. 
But I think that the issue is deeper than the fans just wanting to see the physical expressions of love between these characters. I, like a lot of people, fell hard for Clayton long before they ever kissed an original. Kurt said it best when he said that he and Blaine had become like an old married couple, which is utterly ridiculous for two teenagers in love. They should be pawing at each other constantly, and they should be going on dates. Hell, I would have settled for a double date with Finchel. And they should be <laughs> acting more than just two close friends who just go to the mall together and sit in massage chairs. But it's not just plain, I think. Bertana also got the short end of the stick in a lot of ways this season. Their budding relationship was a big part of last season, and back then it actually seemed emotional and intense. But by this season, they just seemed like they'd retreated to season one, Brittany and Santana. They were just two friends who made out with each other and occasionally had sex. Where's the love? Where are the tender moments that made the fans fall in love with these characters as couples? The only couple we really saw that with was Finchel, and while I get that they're the main stars of the show, still felt like a punch in the stomach to be dragged along all season, only to have them break up at the end. What was everything for them? The worst part is that we still don't know what Kurt and Santana are going to do while their significant others get ready for their senior years, and given the show's track record with the lack of follow-through and a lot of inconsistencies, those of us who love the gay couples on the ship of justice we're looking for. Well, anyway, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about the topic. Hope you have a great night. And, of course, one more from uh, Epic and longtime listener Wes. Hi, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is listener Wes from Utah. Um, I'm going to try to make this quick, but I'm very passionate about the subject of Clane because, quite honestly, I really hate... Blaine. I hate Blaine <laughs> so much. I hate Kirk when he's with Blaine. Um, uh, he's not even a character so much as a singing plot device. He's pretty much just Kurt's arm candy. He's annoying. He never has any motivation to sing, and he sings whenever he wants, any song he wants at any time. And uh, he is so angsty. Like, every time the writers decide to give him any quote-unquote character development, it's just some annoying dumb angst and it drives me insane and it's really a disappointment actually because I had seen a very Potter musical on YouTube uh, you know years before Darren Chris was ever on Glee and I loved it and so when I heard he was going to be on Glee I was like oh yeah he's going to be on Glee but then he sucks on Glee and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this I'm sure <laughs> uh, please forgive my very very crazy strong opinion I uh, love the podcast. Been listening since forever. Um, yeah, have a nice night. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to make sure we had at least one dissenting opinion that wasn't mine. Uh, but so the issue with clean Clisses, we're just I'm going to stop. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> the, the issue with the the clean PDA on the show being that they're not displaying as much PDA as, as the other couples. And I don't think anyone would deny that. I think we can we can all agree they are displaying less PDA on the show. Um, and uh, the question is, is that a bad thing? Are they getting shortchanged? Um, Jennifer, what do you think about, uh, what do you think about this whole, the, the, the clean cliss controversy? I, I agree that it is noticeable that they have less uh, physical contact than any of the other couples in the show. And um, I do think it's kind of odd that they would already be at that point when they've never, uh, say, consummated their physical relationship. You know, like, you know, usually 
you know, you're still building up toward that. And then, you know, like, okay, fine, maybe things cool off a little bit after. But um, I guess there's certain things I've just learned not to get that upset about after a while with this show. And, Mm. you know, continuity is, you know, been something we've picked on for a long while now. And um, balance and equality, I think, are pretty much up there. So I'm not surprised. But do you think that it's doing a disservice to um, to the characters? And, and I guess the larger issue, and I know a lot of people are, are saying they're being discriminated against because they are the homosexual male couple. Mm. Um, I can yeah. see that in a way. But, I mean, we definitely see aspects of their relationship that we don't see with, you know, other couples. Certainly not, you know, Rachel and Finn, because we see them, like, through every aspect of their relationship. But we see them talk about stuff and open up about stuff and and, and, and share with each other things that, you know, we, we don't see that level of um, intimacy. Not, not physical, but, you know, emotional intimacy um, with most of the other couples on the mm. show. The, it, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I agree. I guess I feel like we see they spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess there's a level of emotional knowledge that they seem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there's definitely like I I believe them as a couple much yeah. more than I believe Brittany and Santana mm-hmm. as a couple. Like I know what um, I know what Clayne does when they're by themselves. And I have no idea what Brittany and Santana talk about. Like, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like, I, think, no, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, maybe I think I'm like saying the same thing, but saying it differently. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's, it's obvious that they don't, they don't kiss as much as the other couples. And I do find that a little distracting, especially, you know, when they have really heartfelt conversations about, you know, um, you know, uh, Kurt flirting with another guy over text and, you know, with Blaine's heartache about Kurt leaving town. I mean, those are certainly times that you're going to hug and kiss it out. Yeah. And, you know, the last time we saw them have any sort of physical um, contact was, you know, when, when Blaine was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, the, yeah there, there was the first time yeah. that episode. Um, the, in the chat room, people have been saying that they only kissed once all season. Um, Ed, what do you think on the, uh, what, what do you think about the Kliss controversy? Do you think it's an issue? Do you think that uh, uh, it is disrespectful to, um, you know, the homosexual characters or, or discriminatory at all? I, d- I don't think it's nearly as deep as people are making out to be the, the issues. I think it's ultimately the writers are bored of the storyline, and they feel like and they don't and they don't want to break them up because they know people will get will even be angrier at that. <laughs> so, and I don't know. There, I, I feel like season three was just like a big murky lost slush pool and they're just and they don't even know i don't even think they know what they want from it (laughs) like they don't even like the writers don't even know what they want they're just like they're just like playing it they're just playing it by by ear and and like i was like i was like thinking about like the story arc of season three and i was like i don't i don't even know 
Like I saw every episode. I don't even, I don't know what the story arc was. What was the point? I don't know. So, um, ultimately, it just. I don't think it's. They they need focus and that and 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 you're right. You're right. Like maybe maybe they're they're, they're bored with the idea of like Kurt and Blaine. But they don't want, and they tried making Sebastian to mix it up. Then, like the reaction was like so negative. I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think you. I think you have a really good point, Ed. I think the the kind of there is an issue where it does feel like the characters are just, or the writers are bored of Kurt and Blaine, and to a certain extent, bored of Kurt entirely. I mean, Kurt was so, became so active in season two, and Kurt and Blaine were so active in season two. It was almost kind of like. They, they, they'd done all the writers could think to do with them. And by the time we got to season three, um, I've really liked Sebastian. I really liked having him mix it up, but it was fun to focus on other characters. And so, you know, it's kind of a push and pull. Um, on the other hand... Well, I mean, but maybe they just like, like Santana and Kurt and Blaine were like the stars of season two. And they like, they worked them so hard. Like they, they pushed those storylines so far too fast while ignoring... Like a, the gross amount of the cast, they just need they need to learn balance in their life and in their <laughs> writing. That is really what is that is the problem. Like yeah. if you were giving if you're giving every character equal screen time, you'll never be bored of anybody. That that's not true. It's not about equal screen time. It's about oh, okay. strong okay. plots. If strong you were giving plots. if everybody was getting strong plots, uh, of then... course. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I don't want you, I don't want just like five minutes of of Tina on the screen just standing there that, I mean, <laughs> that'd probably be the most she's ever been on screen and she'd be thankful for the job. But it was like when, but, when Tina got night of neglect, we were all like, Ooh, Tina got an episode, but then it was a dumb episode. And so yeah, we, we were like, kinda... it would better no episode than that episode. Hmm. Uh, I, so I think I agree with you. Ed. I think that that's kind of the larger issue is that the writers are bored with this character. And so they're not giving them anything to do. So they're not getting the opportunity to really have these moments of PDA. But I, I do think it's undeniable that they don't hold hands and they don't have, you know, that they're not wildly affectionate in the background and off to the side. So but hang on, I'm talking. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> but I think what's going on though is um, I, I think that these guys have a point. I think I, I think what I'm saying is that I think that the clean shippers absolutely have a point. They do. They do. 100. percent I think that the other issue though to think about and that I have to remind myself is like this is still the most progressive show on television. And while the clean shippers would love to see some full-on Darren Chris, Chris Colfer making out and, you know, and heck, like, I think that would be great television, too. The fact is, is that, like, uh, Blaine and Kurt have already shown more affection than Will showed with any of the hundred men he dated in all of Will and Grace. And, and that's where society is right now. Like the the last great leap in uh, homosexual men on television uh, w- w- was you know not that long ago, and yet we've made even massive leaps from that. I mean, to have a character like Kurt on Will and Grace would have even been pretty progressive for Will and Grace, and here we have a show where Kurt is practically a focal point. So I feel like we've made such major strides. It's hard for me to call to to bitch and moan and and. Com- about the show when putting into a larger perspective we've made so much 
progress with Kurt and, and having a character like this on TV, I kind of feel like that's victory enough for Glee right now. <laughs> like, like, let's just let this one go. I also think that, like, my dad doesn't watch a lot of Glee, but he enjoys it. And he catches the occasional episode and the ideas that Kurt and Blaine pre- present float through my dad's um, talk radio adult head. And, and he gets a lot of, you know, and he gets some enjoy- enjoyment from that. But the second that there is some hardcore TNA or TNA, there's some hardcore that PDA <laughs> from those two characters, my dad will never watch Glee again. And so all of the good that the development of that storyline and that those characters could do to kind of, you know, to, to, to indoctrinate him, indoctrinate's not a good word, but to make him comfortable around, you know, the situation of two young, loving, homosexual characters will be lost because there, there's just, you know, it, it's an undeniable fact that two men kissing on television is still touchy is still a hot button issue that that if you go back through history and look at like the first time two people of the same sex kissed it was a it was two women and the second time it was probably two women again there's still a bit of a touchiness and so i guess while i i totally believe that the clean shippers absolutely have a point and i really you know i and i think their hearts are in the right place i do think one we have to cut the show a little bit of slack because it's still the most progressive thing on television and two we need to be realistic about where america is right now and that you can only push them so far at any one time (laughs) and i would rather my dad watch the show than not watch it at all you know what i mean Uh, that that's kind of where i am ed what were you what were you saying I, I'm glad you cut me off because it was a very, oh. it was a very good, uh, <laughs> a good, very good spiel. Um, I was just gonna say that Glee in general has a problem of, or not a problem, but Glee has a tendency, a penchant to, to push the bar, and then like, and just like, like, like restrain back immediately after. Like, You're it's absolutely like, right. Like, I, like you just do it. They do it with like every topic. It's not, it's not just this topic, but with like every topic, they push the bar, and they're like, then the, then the next, like the next two seasons, they're like. They they barely they don't even get half as far as they did the one time. They yeah. they like the they like the shock factor, but they don't like to keep it, keep up with it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and, and I think that's that's one of the struggles we've had with well, really the show entirely, but but one of the struggles we've had with season three, right? I mean, they they're like we're gonna do an episode about sex, and then we never mention it again, and we're gonna do an episode about alcohol, and then totally drop the ball in the third act. Uh, so yeah, yeah so you're this, absolutely this, right. This, well, I mean, they're going to New York, so there's going to be a drug episode, like hardcore ecstasy Molly. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what. Those are the only two names that come into my head because I don't <laughs> do drugs awesome. at all. <laughs> so, and I've, I've only recently heard of one of those two names since coming here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, and and so yeah, there's going to be a drug episode, and then it's gonna, it's gonna be not in relation to the alcohol episode. It's not going to be in relation to the to the driving while texting episode. It's not going to be in reference to the drunk driving PD, uh, P, uh, texting. Uh, yeah. They're, everything. Like, oh, dr- yeah, they're going to do a drunk texting. driving episode. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. But, <laughs> but I like that as you're naming these things, I'm immediately going, that was an episode of Saved by the Bell. That was an episode of 902 and That was, 
like these are there are certain tropes that when you do a show about you know teenagers and college students you're gonna hit all of those episodes like we're gonna get the day rape episode we're gonna get the uh you know blackout episode yeah one of them will probably become a mild alcoholic for like two you know for a three episode arc you totally write it three episode arc 30 minutes of an episode maybe (laughs) if you're lucky yeah Um, right (laughs) um but i think it's really like thinking about it more i think it's really really good that they're getting out of lima and they're like like because lima lima i i three years later i'm, I'm never gonna get this right <laughs> yeah, no no because um, i get the hate mail so lima <laughs> so lima three years later i'm never gonna get it right i think it's really good that they're that they're at least partially moving and there's a reality show connecting the two whatever that means um because the the writers are clearly over it. they're like over William McKinley. Vocal adrenaline isn't even as good as it used to be back in season two. Might as well season one. So <laughs> they're they're over they're over the they're over the pitfalls, they over they're over the underdog story arc that, that can be built from William McKinley. Now maybe on a grander scale of New York City, maybe it'll seem fresh and new for at least a season. Maybe. So I I'm I'm Shake up that Scrabble board or Scrabble board or whatever, and we'll figure it out. Yahtzee, <laughs> Jenga. Awesome. Well, uh, on that note, if you have any opinions or would like to discuss the uh, Clean Clisses controversy, um, the nice Chloe Kardashian is not involved, nor is Kim Kardashian. Uh, if you'd like to discuss the Clean Clisses controversy, uh, don't email me. Uh, and there are so many amazing people on the internet that want to discuss this with you. Uh, find Clean Fan 1085. That's what I'm saying. Um, 1025. Uh, yeah, there's so many people. Sapien in the chat room. Joey's Baby. Uh, absolutely, you should check out uh, if you're interested in this topic. There are so many great places on the internet to go and get information. And uh, if you want to get involved, you can do that. The Glee Upper Quality Project is, uh, is one place to look. So, um, very cool on that, Jennifer. Do you have any more Joshua. thoughts? You good? I'm good. Okay. I'm good, yeah. Ed, anything else you want to talk about? I'm good. All right. Do, would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Of course I would like to thank some iTunes All reviewers. Right. Such as... Do, 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 most do we have another hybrid, 50 page? Hybrid... What was that? Oh, sorry. Did we get to 50 pages? No, we have... We got we got several more reviews, but we are not at 50 pages. Ah. We're so close. <laughs> sorry. So close. Sorry. Okay. Hybrid Trilogy, David Lud- Ludwig, Classic Pink 7, Lukey Parker, Elsie Mary. So thank you, those five reviewers. We're so close to 50. We're so close. I, I'm not sure what we, we don't get anything at 50, but it would be really awesome if you were like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Adele Adele got like 234 pages, so why, what's the wow. problem, people? Yeah, pick, come on. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, uh, you can find us online, at, or if, you, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And find us on Facebook if you'd like to discuss the show uh, with the other listeners. We're also on Stitcher and blackberry radio i don't even know if that is a thing anymore but we used to be on that wow. you can find us all over the place I remember that uh lots of fun uh for the gleeful podcast with josh internet i'm josh i'm jen and from the ep- uh experimental prototype community of tomorrow 
I'm bad. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Said George Powell to his bride, I'm gonna give you some terrible thrills. Don't, don't, don't cut off the recording just yet. Unless you already did. <laughs> Go on. Okay. Okay. When, during the during the Cliss's voicemails, I had an idea for an episode. Okay. And and I, I, was, I just need to go out to the universe. Universe, here it is. Mm. Brittany, with aided by Lord Tubbington, go, steps into a, uh, day, uh, like a time machine. And it's like the 1960s, and it's everyone, and, and and everyone's dressed that way, and they're, and she's the only one who's normal in quotes, but everyone else, and then it's like everyone's singing 1960s songs, and it's it'd be exciting, it'd be an exciting episode, and then it's all it's all really just Lord Tevington overdosed on cheese and and fell asleep on Britney, and that that's what really happened, but. The, the, this is the fantasy episode. I, I do love wow. that, that essentially you pitched an episode that is a uh, Lord Tubbington dream sequence. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Ed. Don't, don't act like you wouldn't enjoy it. I would watch the crap out of that episode. <laughs> <laughs>